This is a Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. Historical accounts of election fraud and corruption in the United States are certainly not in short supply, but the extent to which these violations occurred in territorial Kansas may have redefined the practice. The prospect of Kansas being admitted into the Union as a free state, determined by a vote of the people, caused anger and near panic among the citizens of neighboring pro-slavery Missouri. Consequently, thousands of Missourians, popularly called Border Ruffians, swarmed into eastern Kansas in the mid-1850s to ensure a pro-slavery outcome in the territorial elections. Claiming legal status as voters, Missourians justified their actions by insisting their mere presence in Kansas constituted residency, or that Kansas simply belonged to Missouri and eastern people had no right to settle there. When word of the rampant election fraud and violence reached Washington, Congress, on March 19, 1856, appointed a committee of three members headed by Congressman William Howard of Michigan to investigate the allegations. Their voluminous findings became known unofficially as the Howard Committee Report. Testimonies from witnesses present during the March 30, 1855 election illustrate the patterns of intimidation and threats experienced by Free State voters. For example, listen to comments made by voters at the Lawrence District, where a total of 1,034 votes were cast that day. During the day, the Missourians drove off the ground some of the citizens. They threatened to shoot Mr. Bond, and a crowd rushed after him, threatening him. And as he ran from them, some shots were fired at him as he jumped off the bank of the river and made his escape. Some of them Missourians voted several times, changing their hats or coats and coming up to the window again. They said they had a right to make Kansas a slave state because the people of the North had sent persons out to make it a free state. Some claimed that they had heard that the Immigrant Aid Society had sent men out to be at the election, and they came to offset their votes. Evidence supporting the accusation that free staters themselves may have contributed to the transgressions is found in the following statement. A number of persons came into the territory in March before the election from the northern and eastern states intending to settle and who were in Lawrence on the day of the election. At that time, many of them had selected no claims and had no fixed place of residence. Such were not entitled to vote. Whether any such voted at the election is not clearly shown, but from the proof it is probable that in the latter part of the day, after the great body of Missourians had voted, some did go to the polls. At Bloomington, later known as Clinton in Douglas County, the second voting district, Missourians arrived early by wagon loads and were armed with shotguns, rifles, pistols, and bowie knives. They distinguished themselves from abolitionists by tying white ribbons to their buttonholes. Led by pro-slavery sheriff Samuel Jones, whose name surfaces repeatedly in Bleeding Kansas literature, this group sprang into action. They demanded that the judges should resign. Upon their refusing to do so, smashed in the window, sash and all, and presented their pistols and guns to them, threatening to shoot them. Someone on the outside cried out to them not to shoot, as they were pro-slavery men in the house with the judges. Thereupon, a body of men, headed by Sheriff Jones, rushed into the judges' room with cocked pistols and drawn bowie knives in their hands. Jones pulled out his watch, and he said he'd give them five minutes to resign or die. The courageous judges did not resign, and the threat was not executed. 
However, Jones and his men confiscated the poll books and again threatened to kill any man willing to be sworn in. Shoot him, cut his guts out, they shouted. They said no man should vote this day unless he voted an open ticket and was all right on the goose. All right on the goose, or sound on the goose, was a popular euphemism among pro slavery advocates signifying pro slavery sentiment during this time period. This scenario was repeated in virtually all districts and precincts, hordes of Missourians arriving days prior to the election, camping at the polling sites, brandishing their weapons, and boasting their rights to vote. Many free state residents were prevented from voting by the distances from their homes to the polls, while others, both frightened and frustrated by the presence of the illegal Missourians, simply refused to vote. And frequently, the governor appointed election judges would resign on the spot, only to be replaced by judges selected from the Missouri mobs. Miraculously, both the 12th and 17th districts, comprised of three small precincts, reported no violence nor disruptions with voting, and no illegal votes were cast. Ten members of the Wyandotte Indian tribe, who legally resided near the mouth of the Kansas River, found themselves in the 10th district on March 30, 1855. Since this was not their residential district, they improperly cast ten illegal votes for the pro-slavery ticket. There is evidence some legal pro-slavers switched their allegiance on election day. Some of the pro-slavery residents were much dissatisfied at the interference with their rights by the Missourians. And for that reason, and because reflection convinced them that it would be better to have Kansas a free state, they that day fell over the fence. During the Howard Committee investigation, the Missourians declared their invasions of the polls were motivated by the actions and directions of the New England Aid Society, which they accused of importing large members of men into Kansas territory merely for the purpose of controlling the elections. The committee, after thoroughly reviewing the actions of the society, found this declaration to be groundless. That these charges were industriously circulated, that grossly exaggerated statements were made in regard to them, that the newspaper press and leading men in public meetings in western Missouri gave currency and credit to them, and thus excited the people and induced many well-meaning citizens of Missouri to march into the territory to meet and repel the alleged eastern paupers and abolitionists is fully proven by many witnesses. Your committee is satisfied that these charges were made as mere pretexts to induce an armed invasion into the territory as a means to control the election and establish slavery there. Further evidence of the purpose for the invasions is illustrated in extracts from a deposition given by Colonel John Scott, a pro-slavery attorney from St. Joseph, Missouri. It is my intention, and the intention of a great many other Missourians now in residence in Missouri, whenever the slavery issue is to be determined upon the people of this territory in the adoption of the state constitution, to remove to this territory in time to acquire the right to become legal voters upon the question. The leading purpose of our intended removal to the territory is to determine the domestic institutions of the territory when it comes to be a state. And we would not come but for the purpose, and we would never think of coming here but for that purpose. I believe there are a great many other Missourians who are so situated. The extracts used in this podcast are from pages 1 through 50 of the Howard Committee Report. It contains some 1,300 pages. In the spirit of fairness, the committee also included testimony of violent incidents which occurred after the appointment date of the committee and which were unfavorable to the Free State Party, 
such as details of the March 24, 1856, Pottawatomie Massacre, led by John Brown. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are part of Territorial Kansas Online, a virtual repository of primary sources from the Bleeding Kansas era. The URL for the website is www.territorialkansasonline.org.